Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress.
forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And how long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long, O Lord? Over 70 years ago, in his poem, Harlem, Langston Hughes asked, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? A fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? A crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load, or does it explode? Every now and then, we have to ask ourselves, what happens to dreams which are deferred? There are times when life is filled with despair, and we cry out to God to ask, how long, O Lord? I don't know about you, but every now and then, I just pause and ask my God, how long, O Lord? Are you willing to ask God how long? David shows us how to move from despair to deliverance. King David today teaches us that it's all right to ask God how long, and if you are in right relationship God, with God, God will answer your question. When we are discouraged and depressed, the answer is not looking inside ourselves, but the answer is looking up to a faithful God who has blessed us year after year, who has kept us when we could not keep ourselves. Have you been there? Have you prayed and asked God how long? How long will your trials last? How long until God answers your prayers? Some of us who are church folk don't like to admit that we really are upset with God, and we're asking how long? because sometimes we look around and it appears that the enemy is doing a lot better than us. How long must you suffer with sorrow? How long will people dislike us for the color of our skin? How long will we have to suffer in this land? How long, oh God? How long will we deal with systemic racism? How long, oh God, will oppression thrive? How long will people of color suffer? How long will our breath be taken away? How long will we die because we can't breathe? And how long will the yoke of slavery stifle our freedom? How long will we be judged by the color of our skin? How long will we exist without health care? And how long will our communities be absent of grocery stores, basic services? How long, oh God? we live in spaces where we can't breathe? How long will we be underpaid, overworked, overlooked, and discriminated against? How long will diabetes destroy our bodies? How long will hypertension kill us? How long, oh Lord, before you answer us? How long will justice be ignored? How long will systemic Jim Crow laws fuel our communities and limit our opportunities? How long will people of color live in fear? And how long will the knee of oppression be on our necks? Often, we see believers questioning God. But sometimes we need to 
kind of hang out with God long enough to hear God's answer. We don't have eyes to see into the future so that we don't always know what God is doing. And sometimes we need to pause to ask God how long. It's one thing to ask God why and another thing to doubt his goodness and his existence. And sometimes we conclude that maybe there is no God because I'm struggling and I've been struggling all of my life. I am convinced that some of our struggle is necessary because many of us will have no relationship with God without a struggle. And sometimes God has to get our attention. Give God thanks today. We ought to praise him regardless of our circumstances. And we must praise God and understand that God is still God regardless of what we see. And even when it may seem like God is not doing anything, he is working behind the scenes. That's what Deacon Shireen said a few minutes ago. Even when we can't see it, he's working. How many of you really believe that? If you really believe that, then you ought to look better. If you believe that, you ought to smile every now and then. If you believe that, you ought to be able to say amen. If you believe that, you ought to be able to say maybe not today, but, but tomorrow, oh God. Sometimes we just ask how long. Usually on Sunday mornings, I don't check my email because I need to stay focused. You need to know when you need to do what. But for some reason this morning, I was reading through my sermon, and I heard the little beep on my computer. So I decided to go over to see if one of my parishioners had died or whether my sister had shown up for a visit. I didn't know what had happened. Maybe somebody sent me a beautiful gift for my birthday. I don't know. But I decided I better check this out to see what is going on. So I opened the email, and the email said, Dear Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, Greetings to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is with great joy I share with you what God is doing in my life and in the life of my family. I have been accepted to serve as an Army chaplain in the United States Army Reserve. I know that all of this is possible because of what you saw in me and exhorted me to pursue God's call on my life. You supported me in every way possible, and for that I am grateful. Reverend Dr. Joseph, thank you too for all your prayers and support. A special thank you to Reverend Marlon Jones and Reverend Dr. Paula Smith-Sawyer, who upon hearing about my passion to serve in the USAR as a chaplain affirmed my call. To my Pleasant Grove Church family, I'm still in awe of the fact that you unanimously voted for me to be ordained when you heard about my pursuit. And then the ordination committee sat and consented and, and, and cons consecrated me and approved me for that I am glad. Thank you for the ordination committee. I have forever, I am forever indebted to you all, and I praise God for each and every one of you. Thank you for your prayers and your support. May God bless you all, your fellow laborer in Christ. 
I believe that I received that message at 7.02 a.m. because a couple of weeks ago, Reverend Martha was asking, how long? And I said to her, you, we don't know how long, but if you believe that God has a plan for you, then you need to wait on the Lord. So that somebody who's waiting on God to move on your behalf, and you need to know that it's okay to ask how long. But if you truly are in relationship with God, then you will know that if God has promised you something, then you can count on it being done. Can I get a witness? If God has promised you happiness, it's on its way. If God has promised you somebody to love you the way that God loves us, believe me, if you don't have it already, it's on its way. We serve a God of promises who always keeps his word. God is not like us. We change our opinions from time to time. I might love you today, but be a little chilly tomorrow. But God's love is constant. And God's love is consistent. And God's love never wavers. Paul said, for now we see only a reflection as in the mirror, and then we shall see face to face. He said, now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. There is nothing you can do to convince me that God does not love me. There's nothing you can say to convince me that God does not care about me. Because when I look back at my conditions, and I look back of the things that I have been through, I realized had it not been for the Lord, I would not be here at all. So I praise God right now in spite of my circumstances. And that's one of the things that King David teaches us in Psalm number 13. David, a man after God's own heart. David, who had been chosen by God, used by God. David, who was a sinner as well, who had been forgiven by God, who repented. But David found himself one day tired of wrestling with the enemies. You ever got tired of your enemies? You ever got tired of the look? <laughs> you ever got tired of the stares? You ever get tired when you look around and go, I know you don't like me, but you got to speak anyway. Have you ever just gotten tired? Tired of being phony and tired of having to put up with things that are so unnecessary in this life. So David teaches us that it's okay to lament. Now let me make this plain. It's okay to lament, Brother James, meaning that you can complain, but it's not okay to complain all your life. Some of us are perpetual complainers. We complain about everything. If it's 80 degrees, we complain. If it's 59 degrees, we complain. If it's raining, we complain. If it's overcast, we complain. So I'm saying to you today, shake off your complaints in the name of Jesus. Anybody can complain. But it takes Holy Ghost power to say, Lord, it's 90 degrees, but I'm still breathing. Lord, it's 90 degrees and high humidity, but I still have air conditioning. And what David teaches us is just don't complain, but do something about your complaint. If you want to complain, go in the corner and call on the name of the Lord. If you want to complain, go into your war closet and say, I'm sick and tired of this. 
and I need to hear from heaven. That's why I don't understand why church folk don't pray. We offer prayer opportunities and everybody's busy. And when you get in trouble, you don't know how to get in touch with God. We pray together and learn how to pray so that when the world turns on you again, you know how to get a straight connection to glory. David teaches us that this world we live in might be broken and there are things that will not work on our behalf. But he teaches us that God is an awesome God. And number one, David teaches us that it's okay to ask God questions. And then David said through the ocean of emotions he's experiences, he began to ask God for help. Simply coming to God in his lament is a sign of great faith. David is asking the Lord to address his depression. He's always beginning the process of healing. Yesterday, when I watched the service for George Floyd, I heard the pastor say, everybody who gets up, you only have two minutes to make your expressions, and then we're going to move on. And then, Sister Connie, I saw some Holy Ghost power come in the church, and the people of God decided, I don't care what you say, the Lord is in charge. And you haven't seen anything till you see a whole bunch of black people up shouting and praising God. The only thing that the pastor could do is sit down and be quiet because the people of God need to be enlightened by the Spirit of God. And that's what David teaches us is that when we were filled with the Spirit of God, it is the Spirit of God that will enlighten us so that there are times that we can't help ourselves. We have to praise God. Look at you. You're sitting. You look beautiful. But every now and then, don't you wish the Spirit of God will take you to a place that you can't do anything but shout for joy. You can't do anything but say, Lord, I love you with all of my heart. So David teaches us there's a way to get out of your depression and anxiety. You don't need medication. You need Jesus. You don't need to be sedated. You need to learn how to pray. You don't need to sit around and complain about what you don't have. You need to remember that God has brought us a mighty long way, that it is God who has brought us this far. It is God who has kept us for over 400 years. It is God who has allowed us to get an education. It is God who has allowed us to be able to have self-respect and love ourselves. It is a God of heaven and earth who has blessed us. And what David is teaching us is that you got to get up and dance your way free every now and then. Every now and then, you got to have your own Holy Ghost power. Every now and then, you got to dance before the glory of the Lord. I love the scripture where David was happy, and he was dancing before the Lord, and his wife got upset with him, said he looked like a fool. There he was, glorifying God. I don't care what I look like as long as I'm glorifying God and I'm in the presence of God. People say, why you preach so hard? I preach the only way I can. You know a better way? Why you do that? Why don't we have to give excuses? And then David found himself rejoicing. And he found that he moved from questions to complaint. And then he began to rejoice and he realized that how long? And he realized that God was going to give him an answer to his question. One of the things that David also teaches us is that don't believe in your feelings and emotions. You need to believe in what you know to be true. You ever hear anybody say, I feel? 
you give them all the facts, Minister Derrick, about what they should do. And we give all of our people and med I mean uh, information about health and wellness. We put articles in the newsletter and talk about it. We buy fruit to put on the table, and then the church folk complain that we have too much fruit and not enough sugar. And so what David teaches us is that you what you feel might not be real. He said what you feel might not be accurate. And what you feel might not be what you really see. It's a relationship with God that gives us the accuracy to be correct about what we see. You see, when you walk in the Spirit, you see differently. When you walk in the Spirit of God, you can see what things people are saying about you, whether they say it or not. When you walk in the spirit, you walk into a space and you know whether or not you have been accepted in that space or rejected in that space. And so David teaches us that it's okay to ask God a question, but it's not okay to sit around and complain about God. And when you're asking God how long, spend enough time with God, Sister Veronica, to get the answer. And God will give you an answer. Can I get a witness of anybody in here that you have asked how long and God has answered you when you sat to be quiet with the Lord? Is there anybody here waiting right now when you just want to say, how long, oh Lord, will my children be at home? <laughs> how long, oh Lord, before I have to stay locked up with my spouse? How long, oh Lord? Well, I have to stay home and not be able to go out and have dinner, Lord. How long, oh Lord, I got to wash the doors down and I got to sanitize everything. How long, oh Lord, will it take for the world to be normal again? I'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as normal anymore. I'm here to tell you that God is changing things around. And God is changing the universe. And God is moving in a different direction that people will not be asking how long. They'll be asking for instruction from God. Where should I go to serve you, Lord? Where should I go to witness, oh God? Where should I go, oh Lord, to let a dark and dying world know that regardless of your circumstances, that God is still God? Where can I go? to tell you that my grandfather and my grandmother grew up in slave quarters and 10 or 12 people slept on one floor and they didn't have beds to sleep in, nor did they have uh, mattresses to sleep on, but God kept them in that space. And one of the things that I learned about slavery and about being oppressed is that when you have nothing but God, God becomes a priority. And one of the things that I realized is that if God had given me all the temptations of the world, that I would not know the Lord the way I know the Lord right now. But thanks be to God, thanks be to God, that in Alabama there was nothing to do but go to church and pray to God. Thanks be to God that by the time George Wallace told us how worthless we were, nothing you could do but go to True Light Baptist Church with your little white uniform on and praise the Lord. I believe that God is going to start a new revival. And I believe that God is going to show us that all the stuff that we have collected, 
doesn't mean anything in a dark and dying world. I believe that God is going to show us that you have nothing if you don't have me. I believe that God is going to give us some Holy Ghost power. And Kelly, I believe that we're going to be able to stay in church longer than an hour and 15 minutes. I believe that God is going to let us praise the Lord as long as it takes. And I believe that we're going to be able to come to church and we're going to be able to worship God even if it's all day long. I believe we're going to have altar prayer again. And I believe that folk are going to come to the altar and ask, what must I do to be saved? I believe that preachers are going to be righteous. I believe that deacons are going to be righteous. I believe church folk are going to love the Lord. I believe we're going to pray our times whether we want to or not. I believe that the choir is going to sing like the choir never sang before. And I believe we're going to stand up and we're going to take a stand in the name of Jesus. I believe we're going to pray away racism in the name of Jesus. I believe that our children are going to live with hope because we have hope. And I believe that the next generation is going to thrive because we're going to be able to teach them that we serve a God that makes a way out of no way. We serve a God who makes something out of nothing. We serve a God. some of my people. Rather than solve your own problems, you complain. But Habakkuk realized that if you ask God a question, Sister Sandra, the Lord will answer. And Habakkuk was asking God these questions, and he said, just write the vision and make it plain. And the revelation will come at an appointed time. And in the end of that short, there are only three chapters in the book. In the end, though, Habakkuk got it. And that's my prayer for our church and the universe, is that eventually that we will get it. And then in chapter 3 of Habakkuk, verse number 17, he said, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crops fail, and the fields fail to produce produce. Hallelujah. Even the fields are empty. And though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, but 
In other words, he has nothing just like us, nothing. He said, yes, I will rejoice in the Lord. Let me say it again. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, there are no, the olive crop has failed, no need to look there. The fields have produced no produce, no need to go to the farmer's market. There are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls. In other words, the cattle, everything dead. Here I am, what decision do I make? And Habakkuk said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yet I will rejoice. Did you hear me? I said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Yes, there is COVID-19. Yes, there are masks I got to wear. But yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And he said that I will. I don't know about you, but I will be joyful in God my Savior, you will never take away my joy. And Habakkuk tells us, I will rejoice. I'm not depending on you, 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 or you. But he says that yet I will rejoice in the Lord. And he closes by saying, the sovereign Lord is my strength. I love that part. He says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. The feet of a deer can leap at least 12 feet. The feet, if you ever want to do some interesting research, go read about deers and how they get around. And I kept trying to figure that out. You see, if you're filled with the spirit of God, you can leap like a deer. And you begin to leap over the obstacles of life because you realize, I don't have to take this off of you. You begin to realize that I... I don't have to take this off of you that I serve a God who sits high and looks low. And I gotta, you know, every now and then it's like with women who ever see women in high heels, you ever see women in high heels and you say, I don't know how she walks in those heels. But every now and then sometimes your high heels get in the way and you have to take them off so that you can have your balance. You know, women don't talk about these things, but every now and then we'd rather be cute than practical. And so what Habakkuk is telling us is that when you love Jesus, you have high heels on all the time. And you're always elevated above your circumstances in the name of Jesus. Habakkuk said, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And he enables me to tread on the heights. How long? How long? How long? And yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. COVID-19, I will rejoice. Poverty, I will rejoice. Unemployment, I will rejoice. Death of a family member, I will rejoice. Because God is my sovereign God. Let us pray. Lord, Somebody's asking how long, and you know the answer. Speak to our hearts, O oh God, those who are depressed, weary. Speak a word of encouragement to their hearts right now, dear God. I thank you, dear God, for speaking to a Pleasant Road Church. I thank you for giving us a vision that's bigger than us. 
I thank you, God, for the essential volunteers in this house who sacrifice their personal time and lives so that your name might be glorified. And Lord, right now, I lift up every person who is not saved and in relationship with you. And Lord, I ask that you will bind the enemy of distractions, and that you will light a fire in the hearts of your people so they won't ask how long, they will ask how can I serve the Lord. We bless your name for the privilege of life. And we ask right now, dear God, that those who are not saved will be willing to confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that he is our Savior and he will come again. All of these blessings we ask in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. www.pgc-carry.org Thank you again.